This is The Power Profile, stories of world-class leadership, hosted by award-winning broadcast journalist and media entrepreneur, Christina Mendonza. Get ready to connect with those defining success. This is The Power Profile, where we look at power in all forms of our professional and personal lives and talk to people who've leveraged power in their own lives. Today, it's my pleasure to chat with a gentleman I met very recently, Dave Bray. He goes by Dave Bray USA. He's a veteran, he is a musician, and he has toured with some of the biggest names you've heard of in music, but his music goes beyond entertainment. His music is really, well, he calls it music on a mission, and he's going to tell you why. You'll find him at police weeks and veteran events, military performances, anywhere you find people proud to serve or honoring those who serve which is why he really is a perfect guest on this Memorial Day weekend where the nation is pausing to honor those we've lost. We'll tee up Dave's interview in just a moment. First, a quick Memorial Day story for you. In 1944, there was a B-24 bomber. It was called Heaven Can Wait. It was shot down over Papua New Guinea. On board were 11 crewmen, including a young guy named Thomas Kelly from Livermore, California. Lieutenant Kelly loved being in that bombardier position in the front of the plane. He left the base that day. Madame Curie was playing at the base military theater. Someone had delivered ice cream to the mess hall, but he was on a mission. He loved what he did, and he was always excited to get in the air. Unfortunately, on this day, there were also enemy forces with anti-aircraft weapons. It was stormy out. The plane was hit and fell from the sky into the ocean. Lieutenant Kelly's family back in California never saw him again, and his sister was so upset she could barely talk about him for decades. Here is Diane Christie, Lieutenant Kelly's niece. There was so much pain. Um, He was rarely talked about. Sorry. (laughs) But um, my mom could never listen to I'll Be Home for Christmas without crying because he never came back home. In 2013, a university researcher, a relative of Lieutenant Kelly, his name is Scott Althaus, he wanted to find that plane. For me, it started as an interesting puzzle. How much could we find about the circumstances of this crash? Um, We were researching uh, the kinds of databases that any good public library would have access to. And uh, it was really just getting tapped into this network of incredibly gracious strangers all around the world who helped us fill out the pieces, told us where to look for the next steps, and just as a family having perseverance. He rallied his relatives. They started digging into war records and military records. They came up with maps of the area near Papua New Guinea. They reached out to others, uh, those who served on the same base. They scoured the globe, making contacts and getting tiny bits of information. And when they thought they might know where the wreckage could be, they contacted an organization called Project Recover. It's an amazing private organization of divers and former military that look for missing in action. They spent a couple of months out in the ocean looking, and they found Heaven Can Wait. All right, here we come in, guys. The wreckage was too deep for the divers. So the family reached out to the U.S. military because they have a group in the military. It's called the Defense POW MIA Accounting Agency. And this is what they do. They recover wreckage. Uh, They recover bodies of fallen soldiers and military members. And just a few weeks ago, that agency and the Navy's experimental diving team 
recovered the wreckage of Heaven Can Wait. Here are Greg Stratton and Lieutenant Commander Daniel Kenny. We recovered a tremendous amount of biological and non-biological evidence that gave us a great idea of what was there, um, what we found, and gave us a tremendous amount of evidence to bring home to analyze. There's a lot of emotion attached to this kind of work, especially for something that we found to be incredibly rewarding and, and such a great opportunity. So when we actually got on the bottom and were able to see the aircraft wreckage and to kind of understand the story behind everything, it was uh, it's a humbling experience and one that everyone on my team is is forever going to be grateful that we were a part of. That last clip came from an interview done by KVUE out of Austin. And while there still is a lot of work to be done in identifying the remains, for 11 families, their loved ones have started the journey home. When I think of Memorial Day, I think of this kind of devotion to the memory of those who served. This global network of people that came together to solve the mystery and relieve the grief and bring some closure to the families. And if there could be a soundtrack for that kind of love and devotion, it would be written by Dave Bray, USA. Here's our conversation about music on a mission. Dave, I know this is a busy time for you. Thank you for making time for me because Police Week just finished up and I know you had uh, lots of different appearances for that. Well, thank you. Thank you for making the time. And yes, um, this is a busy time of year as most some people know that National Peace Officers Memorial Day is May 15th and Police Week is the week of May 15th. So, yes, D.C. all this week. Um, and then I was uh, working with National Law Enforcement Memorial Fund for their candlelight vigil and performed there. Um, I also work very closely with, with Concerns of Police Survivors, who is a, a national uh, benevolent organization that gets behind law enforcement uh, families when they lose their loved ones. So, yeah, it's been a busy week, but um, I just truly honored to be a part of it all you know i mean that's that's what music on a mission is all about yeah i want to talk to you more about music on a mission but i want to give people a little bit of background on you sure. um i've met you we had a lovely time at a, at a police awards police and fire awards where you performed yeah. and i emceed and so i got a chance to know you a little bit but but for our listeners can you just tell us a little bit about your background and your experience first in the military and then as a musician so about your military service first sure um so right out of high school i went into the navy um i wanted to be a commando wanted to do special operations and that kind of thing and that was quickly met with uh some some realization that that wasn't going to happen uh due to some colorblind issues and some other things but uh long story short is started out in the dixie cup navy and then crossed over to the marines and went to the what they call the green side or the fmf side the fleet marine side and I served as a FMF corpsman with the sniper teams out of 2nd Battalion, 2nd Marines, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. So I got to give a big old oorah <laughs> to Mother Green. So, yeah. Wow. And then I imagine that music is something you've been involved in even before your military service. How did you decide to make it a career once you got out of the military? Well, it, that wasn't an immediate, uh, it wasn't an immediate decision. I got out. Um, and yes, you're right. You know, I started out with, you know, the typical garage band kid and actually sung in churches and, and, and youth groups and things like that. So growing up in the church, I started singing and with bands and things like that, but joined the military, kept writing music, um, during my time of service. And I got into diary and, and, uh, writing, um, poetry and that kind of thing. And it, it, I knew that I wanted it to become musical in nature and, and song in nature. So I kept it 
very prose oriented and meter based. So long story short is I got out. Um, I picked back up with a band. We moved to California. I spent some time in the Huntington area trying to get a band going, uh, decided to move back home and start a family. And I kind of walked away um, from music for a while. Then 9-11 hit and I had a choice that I was you know, either going to join the military again or I was going to do something on the home front. And uh, I wanted to I wanted to stay home. So worked for BAE Systems and I built the Bradleys that were coming back and we would refurbish those. And as that was happening, I was starting to get a, an inkling to get back into music. And um, it was right after sort of that time period that I found a record label out of New York City and I, I signed an agreement, did a bunch of auditions. And then I was touring with a band called uh, Madison Rising for the first five years of its existence. So we got pretty popular for a rock rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. And then uh, due to contact or contract complications, got out of that relationship and then started out on my own uh, with music on a mission, a little bit more patriotism, a little bit more faith. And again, music that could be used for tributes and really to help heal people, because I feel like music has healed me so long and so many times in my life. I wanted to share how strong a relationship I had with music with others. Is that personal healing, was that what inspired you to combine patriotism and music and storytelling in your performances? It, it, it is. I mean, uh, the thing is, most artists will say, I want you to paint your own picture of my song because they they want it to be, um, I don't know, inferred in, in whatever way they want. They want you to become your own sort of artist. For me, I wanted to take that the different direction. I wanted everybody to know exactly where this song was coming from and exactly why I wrote it and exactly for whom it was written. So I take the time on my albums. Um, I have two of them out. One's called Music on a Mission. One's called uh, Too Far Gone. And Music on a Mission is, is meant to, it was written to try to heal a country, heal a nation in need. And it's a narrated storyteller record. It's kind of one of a kind. Um, you get to hear the background and the history of the music and the songs and why they were written. And then you get to hear the music. So I compare it to like a good hour of talk radio with amazing music is the best way to describe <laughs> these albums. They're, they're great. Really, I mean, your songs do tell a story. How do you approach crafting your songs and selecting the messages that you want to convey? Mm. So that that is where the faith element kind of steps in, because I will spend a good bit of time just praying on, on something. Like after the Dallas Five incident happened, um, I, I really prayed on that. And that was when the song Last Call sort of was written. Man down, man down, I'm bleeding out There's no time, no time, so please hear me out These are the last few words that I'd like to say to you all This is my last call And I prayed on it to the point where I asked Lord, you know, I said, hey, I, I need help I want to help people. There's a lot of people hurting right now in this area. And I, I wrote this song and it came out in a way that I felt basically conveyed the way I would feel if I had lost my loved ones. Or I basically wrote that song from the perspective of a law enforcement officer who was, you know, who had given his life in the line of duty. And again, I can relate to a lot of that loss and that pain and that heartache and that suffering because I've lived through a ton of that, even as a young boy and a child in my life, losing best friends and things like that along the way. It's just been a rough road for me with 
with human connection and, and loss. So it's, it's one of those things that I really wanted to come through in music. I wanted to let my songs hopefully help people know that they're not alone, know that they're, you know, there are other people out there that have gone through these times and that you can survive them too. You've been doing this for a while now. How do you feel like music on a mission has changed you? Wow. That's, I don't think I've ever gotten that question. That's a, that's a great question. You know, I think it's just opened up my eyes. Um, for a long time, I chased a, a music dream. Um, I was a huge rocker fan back in, you know, the nineties and two thousands. I wanted to be on those stages at the Paloozas and, and have people, you know, just going nuts for my music. And I, I, I realize now that God has a plan for every person and we need to be able to understand that, it may not be the, the the dream that we had put out there, but it's the answer to the prayer. And that is the most important aspect that I can basically relate is, you know, somebody that says they want to be a NASCAR driver that ends up being an Uber driver. God still puts you behind the wheel of a car. You just have to make the best of it. And, you know, those are those are the moments that you have to cherish the most is, hey, I still am blessed enough to be able to do something that I truly was born and I feel like I love to do. Uh, again, it might not be the dream or the aspect that I had in mind, but it's the one that God had laid for me. And so therefore, I just cherish that more than anything. It's allowed me to spend time with my family. Um, it's allowed me to be able to not be on the road as much. And I think those are the moments that I cherish the most. And it's just basically allowed me to be way more grateful than I think I ever would have been if I would have achieved the, the, the young man's dream that I had put out there to begin with. You know that we all have these choices in life and these inflection points where we have to decide what do I want my life to look like in 10 years? Do I want it to be, you know, uh, successful in music and touring um, and not really having a home, maybe not, you know, having, giving up that dream of having a family or touring and music on a mission and, and a ton of involvement from your family. Cause your music really is a family affair. Tell me how they're all involved in making this work. Sure. Um, and, and that's, I, I, and in my opinion, that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate goal should be for every man is you have success within your family. And again, you're right. It, it could have gone a totally different direction and the family could have crumbled because I'm living in a bus or a van going around the, the country, you know, 300 days a year. Um, but again, we, I print all, all of our own merchandise. So is done in house. I, I bought a print shop and I put it in my, in my building and I, I work out of there. My kids help me print the t-shirts. They help me package and fulfill the orders. They help press hats. They do all these things. And then my wife is involved. She does all of the booking, all of the PR, all of the outreach, all of the logistical stuff. She takes care of everything. Her nickname is, we call her, since we're all music on a mission, her nickname is quote unquote mission control. So we, we <laughs> so I whenever, think a lot of wives I, can relate to that. That's a, that's yeah, a good yeah. name for a lot of wives. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I call it, you know, it's, if I text Houston dot, 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 she knows there's something up, you know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it is, it's a family affair. It's, it's, it's a learning experience for us. We're trying to basically be our own entertainment company on our label. We worked with some other artists to help sort of bring them up to, um, you know, out of sort of the beginning stages and into what's the next phase, you know, how do, how do you turn your music into being, you know, lucrative and, and making money. So we've helped a couple of people do that as well. And of course, we we work with local churches and things like that to help promote the faith as well. So it's it's all a part of what we do. And, and again, to be able to do it and watch my kids grow and, and have them be a part and have the learning 
you know, experiences that they're having happen in front of me. It's just, like I said, it's, it's more of a blessing than I ever could have imagined. You just need to sometimes trust God's plan more than yours. Do you find in our just kind of politically polarized uh, country as it is right now, that among the groups that you perform for, there is even more appreciation in that they find so much that they can relate to. Um, do you find it hard to bring groups together? Do you find it a challenge to um, to try to reach across the aisle to both sides? Or are so many of the things that you're talking about relatable to everyone that you are able to bring those audiences together? And that, that was, that was the beginning, uh, sort of as we were laying the groundwork for music on a mission was one of the things we did not want to do. We did not want to polarize, even though we knew a lot of the subject matter that we were tackling was going to be more gravitated towards by a certain side, obviously the fire and police there, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, support for law enforcement uh, historically from a certain side of the aisle. So it's been one of those things that we're like, we still didn't want to hold that against anyone. We still wanted to offer up what we thought was a music that didn't have a message that was going to push anyone away. It was right. just simply, it was simply to recognize the, the sacrifice that goes into what freedom is, what our civility is, what it stands for to, to go out and wear a uniform. I mean, people of all races, nationalities, creeds, Democrats, Republicans, independents, gargoyles, cats, people, <laughs> doesn't matter anymore, obviously. Um, wear the uniform. And we need to respect those men and women who are brave enough to wear a uniform because, uh, again, America's freedom depends on that respect. Um, and it, it depends on the the support of the civil, you know, the civilian community behind it. So, again, we didn't want to polarize. The point was to to bring people to the middle from both sides. And again, it's it's one of those things that I found, you know, law enforcement is genuinely appreciative. Fire, police, military, veteran communities, they love what, what I do and they support what I do. And again, it does get eyebrow raises from the other side. And sometimes they'll listen and they'll realize, wow, this is a this is a message we can all get behind. Yeah. And music does have a tendency to bring all kinds of people together. Yeah. Yeah. It can, it can, it can, it can widen horizons that normally we wouldn't see. I, exactly. That's a great way to put right. it. Right. Well, I know you are, cause I got to see it for myself in person, but you're known for very high energy performances, very strong stage presence. I think that's one of the things I talked to you about after your performance. I'm like, you just, I feel like you take up the whole stage. I mean, you just have such a strong presence. How do you prepare yourself physically, mentally, all of that before you go on stage? Um, well, obviously there's a, there's, there's that quiet moment of headspace that I think every artist should, should definitely take no matter what. I mean, even if, you, if you're not performing, even if you're speaking, you need to have that moment to fully prepare. I mean, to be surrounded by people and sort of being jostled around is, is great when you, when you need to, but the, the last half hour before you get on stage, be in a quiet place, um, you know, really focus on what you want to be you know found when you sing and, and heard when you sing and again pray for that and put that out there that, that you're going to step on that stage and have a a positive impact or a cathartic emotional impact to help people heal those are the things that are going through my mind and then you know there's obviously the technical side of the house which <laughs> i always go to go around to the sound guys about an hour before just check in with them check in with lights check in with people that have made it all happen they don't get the the credit all the time, but it's, it's, it's their responsibility to, to work with the artists. And I always like to circle around with them and, and show my appreciation and love and respect for 
all the things that they do and all the people that make the event happen. You know, that's just as important as me getting up there. I'm just a, a piece of that puzzle. So mm-hmm. I try to make them look good and I pray that they'll do the same. You talked about um, how you really kind of absorbed yourself and your faith to write some of the songs that you do and try to put yourself in the position of some of these people that you're that you're writing about. Um, when the song is written and you're on stage and you're performing it, what do you enjoy most about performing live for your audience? I think it's the relationship. I think it's I think it's for them to look up on stage and see themselves. And if I can if I can make that happen, that's that's the best that is the best thing because again, it, a lot of these songs and a lot of my faith comes from a comes from a place of darkness. And a lot of people get lost in that darkness and never, ever see any way out of it. And they can't see themselves getting out of it. And I try to explain that when I perform is that, you know, there's always, always an option. There will always be at least one beam of light, no matter where and how dark you are. And again, that's what the album Too Far Gone is about. Music on a Mission is more about, the you know, trying to heal a country. And Too Far Gone is more about trying to heal the citizen. It's it's about, you know, letting each other know that it will be okay if we can come together. And it's it's more of a message of unity than anything else. And again, if we can if I can make one person in that audience feel like they can relate to what I'm saying, maybe I can make more than one mm-hmm. relate to the entire music and the message and the meaning behind it. In, in, in addition to your musical career, I know you do um, a fair amount of motivational speaking and, you know, speaking in general to to organizations and groups. Uh, do, yeah. What do you hope to achieve through those conversations? Well, again, you're, you're stepping on a, a different stage every time, and that's the beauty of music, right? So um, I don't just speak. So you'll have, you know, some of these speakers that will come out and give you um, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, maybe 40 minutes or whatever. And they'll dump the same sort of stump speech on you every single time. I was this growing up. I was that then I was this now and I'm, and I'm moving forward this way by my book. Um, I, that it, I've been to enough of those events and, and they're fine and they're great. And I've seen a few do it really, really well to the point where I actually truly had that relatable moment. Um, but again, my thing is to check in with the audience make them make sure that they understand where I'm coming from, check out from the audience, perform for them, let them know where the music part comes from, and then start to go back and forth with them and make the relationship grow along the way. So you're not just, again, dropping a bunch of knowledge and walking away and hitting, you know, pushing the smoke bomb and and leaving the stage and waiting to sign books. You know, you're actually building a, a slow, steady relationship with them. And at the end, I just want to see people put their hands on their hearts and love their country and love themselves. That's the most important part. You can't love a country if you can't love yourself. You can't respect a nation if you don't respect yourself. And if I can build a little bit of sparkle of hope inside of somebody's heart to make them respect themselves and make them hopefully respect their family and their friends and the people around them, whether they know them or not, that's the idea is to grow it that way and make the relationship grow in the same way and show them how that those relationships can grow with strangers. What is some of the, um, I, I understand you're working on a new project um, that you're expecting to release uh, near Memorial Day, which is when uh, this podcast will air. Tell me a little bit about um, that project and what you have going on right now. So uh, each year around Memorial Day, um, we circle back to a song uh, called Freedom Rings, Blood of Heroes. And I hope that you'll be able to play that song. Um Along my journeys, I've worked with a lot of Gold Star families and Gold Star moms, and um, one of them in particular 
or numerous have been families of fallen Navy SEALs and their moms and I have had relationships to the point where they've allowed me to feel like I'm part of their families and to hear their stories and, and to, to, to relate to them and then be able to, again, possibly give them a song that might heal their hearts, even though there's so much anger and resentment towards the, the leadership and all the decisions that were made that, that inevitably led to the loss of their son. To be able to have something that, again, they can hold on to, and again, these Gold Star mothers and Gold Star families, those are the ones that are surviving through Memorial Day. Every day is Memorial Day for all of us, and for them, it never stops. That loss is never gone, and Memorial Day is just one time a year where the rest of the country gets behind these Gold Star families. And again, the song that I hope that we'll be able to uh, have out and, and have you guys listen to is called Freedom Rings. For every soul from every war across the seas on our shore for every fold of our flag from the coffins of lead to widow's lamp for every daughter and every son the price was paid for everyone so remember him cherish
it's uh, it's another one of those songs that's tough. Um, it's tough to sing live, um, but the video is absolutely stunning. And again, just want to pay honor and tribute to the freedoms that were sacrificed for. When you are drained, like your batteries are drained, your creativity is drained. What is a hobbit, a hobby, a habit, um, or a ritual that you perform personally to try to recharge your batteries? Mm, sweat, sweat, and fast. I'll stop. I'll, I'll stop eating if I'm on the road for a couple weeks and it's been airport food, and you know you, you just feel yourself slowing down and you feel yourself and your creativity is 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 at a loss. It comes down to the fuel we burn. I found out. Um, I, I study a little bit of physiology and, and and health as well. And you know, one of the most purest fuels that you can have is the fat that you have stored in your body. And if you can get past all the junk and get a lot of water on board and get your body sweating and moving some of this fuel that you have stored up, um, you will actually start using different parts of your brain and actually creating a more creative process through your days because you're no longer focused on food and focused on your next meal you can focus on what's actually going to come next in your life so fasting chugging water and sweating i love that that's a very different answer than any i've ever received so i love it i always learn something new when i ask people <laughs> that question well dave thank you so much again for your time just really appreciate you um and appreciate your music and i i know that uh, through the listeners here that you will have some new visits to davebrayusa.com yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, and and it's everything, all social media and the social media circus out there is just Dave Bray USA, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. So in LinkedIn, look me up, find me. And if you want to chat, I'll be there. All right. Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate it. You got it. Thank you so much. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dave Bray USA. And I wanted to pass along this message in closing. There is a lot of crazy stuff going on right now in the country, and you're going to get reasons every day why people don't agree, why people are divided, messages about us having nothing in common, and general selfishness on display. However, I hope you find something you can be grateful for in your life, in your country. I'm grateful for your time on this edition of The Power Profile. This has been The Power Profile with Christina Mendonca. Stay connected through mendonzamedia.com.